0: Oliver and Company, that's the name of the movie, <laughs> and it sucks. <laughs>
1: so neither of us
0: knows a single thing about Oliver Twist, right? <laughs> nope, nope, not not one thing. I read the wiki on it, well, I didn't even read it, I glanced at the wiki on it <laughs> last night.
1: <laughs> that's more than I did.
0: Scroll, 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 okay, whatever. It's basically every Dickens story. Yeah, I'm, I was gonna ask, what Dickens knowledge do you have, like, because I got very little. Uh... I really like Tale of Two Cities. Uh, I've read it a few times. Great Expectations, I remember kind of liking it in ninth grade, but I haven't reread it since then. I hated Great Expectations, um, I
1: remember that. I don't remember anything about Tale of Two Cities, which probably means I didn't really
0: read it. <laughs> I think he, uh, basically all of his stories are sort of the same in that you learn that the characters are related, but you don't know that ahead of time, and then, like, someone is using a new identity, but they used to call themselves this, and, like, everyone's... That tends to be a theme in both *Great Expectations* and uh, *Tale of Two Cities*, and apparently in *Oliver Twist* too.
1: But not in this movie.
0: (laughs) No, 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 not in this movie. Well, okay, you know how Disney operates. Sure. In the book, he's not actually a cat either. What?
1: (laughs) Shocking! I didn't know if this was like a semi-faithful adaptation or if it was
0: just like, eh, it's the *Jungle Book*. Just do what you want. Right, I don't think it's like uh, where like Muppet Christmas Carol is actually one of the most faithful of all of the (laughs) Christmas carols. Like, it's not like that. They added a second. We're doing here. They added a second. They added a they added a second Marley. Yes, but other than that, I'm
1: trying to time my talks in between these fucking dogs barking. (laughs) So,
0: this could have left them out there with the
1: deer. I mean, I guess so. This is going to be a great recording already.
0: (laughs) What are they barking at? Who the fuck knows? Dudes Watch Disney
1: Podcast, and we watch films and have a blast, rank them all from first to last, it's our podcast! Hi everyone, welcome to Dudes Watch Disney episode 21, the season 3 uh, premiere. I almost said f- finale. The words premiere. <laughs>
0: premiere is what I want. uh <laughs> It could be. You never know. I'm Jake. And I'm Dustin, and surely we wouldn't quit when we're about to get to the good stuff. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I would hope not. We're about to hit the '90s Disney. We're done. Shut it down. We've
1: reached episode 21. Uh, dudes, watch Disney goes Hollywood. <laughs> Cut to Batista wearing a jacket and saying like, "You talking to me?" And whatever other movie parodies they did. All right. <laughs> Thanks for all the help with that one. <laughs> Yeah. Uh Austin as
0: Gladiator. That
1: was actually pretty good. Hey, you guys, you ever how recently have you guys watched WrestleMania 21 cuz it's pretty good. Like it's one of the better ones.
0: It's up and down. Like every other match is good. So, yeah. I mean, that's there are definitely worse Manias out there, but
1: I watched it like a month or two ago. It was pretty fun. I don't know ahead other. I got notes on my phone and notes on the paper. I tried to watch this movie twice cuz we were gonna record it on June third, apparently, is when I made the phone notes, so but mm. that didn't happen because I couldn't get it to work and then other stuff happened.
0: But this is our first recording since March, so that's yeah. awesome.
1: We might have forgotten how to do this. That seems to happen a time or two. <laughs> <laughs> um da, 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 da. this movie was made in nineteen eighty eight, so this is the last one before the big uh you know blockbuster Little Mermaid happens next. Uh so this is kinda Kind of the last one of the down years. We're about to see a huge upswing. But, uh, you know, obviously the the 70s and the 80s were not good times for Disney. And this movie's not a good time either. (laughs) Not really.
0: It's kind of a downer for the most part and uh, not a whole lot to write home about. But uh... it does seem like we put 100% of our effort into just getting a bunch of, like, well-known people to be in the movie and to do the soundtrack for the movie. It's true. And then, like, went whatever. Well, just shit out of script and (laughs) some half-ass drawings and be done here
1: well apparently the film was uh quickly greenlit uh this is from wikipedia that's a direct quote uh following the box office failure of black cauldron so uh and uh apparently Mm. it was released the same day as the land before time so i don't know how it did at the box office but i'm pretty sure history looks more favorably on one of those films than the other um
0: that's definitely them counter-programming land before time pretty much yeah run uh, in opposition leaves (laughs) right is clash of the champions right wrestlemania 4 you know he's gonna launch his big film well we're gonna be there don't worry i would much rather watch land before time than watch this again it's true it is what it is I'd also much rather watch black cauldron again if we're at it Yeah, but.
1: probably yeah there was some cool stuff in black cauldron um more background stuff uh, apparently this was the first film released after uh michael eisner took over at disney um yeah, he was i don't know president of the company or whatever for years and years and was he was like mr disney for my most of my life growing up and uh apparently this was his first one when he came in so and then of course things take off right after this so i wonder how much eisner uh had to do with that he did run this whole save disney animation campaign or whatever after you know the past few films they were very much uh down in the dumps and looking at just shutting down the animation group. And that was one of his big things was like, no, we're not shutting this down. We're, you know, this has all this history behind it. We're going to keep making movies. And apparently, um, it was the first film to be released as part of a brand new schedule for Disney. Um, Which was, which called for a new animated film to be released every single year, which was apparently similar to Walt Disney's intentions for his animated features during the 1940s. Which, you know, we went through all those, they did not come out every single year. So I think that was Disney's just setting his sights a little bit too high uh, based on, you know, the technology of the time. But now we'll see.
0: Right. But it is why we're about to see an explosion of movies. Right. Because they pretty much stick to that. Yeah. This is our 21st episode and we started in the 1930s and now we've made it to the 80s. Right. But now, if we're gonna start putting them out, you know, every year and
1: those early projects, you know, we'd see like three or four years go by in between films. But now, looking at release dates, uh, I don't have them in front of me, but I'm pretty sure it it pretty well goes Oliver and Company '88, Little Mermaid '89, you know, Rescuers Down Under '90, Beauty and the Beast '91. Like, it's all pretty much like clockwork uh, from there on out, and stays that way for a while. And then, in, like the late '90s, we kind of start to see a downturn in quality again. And I wonder if that's a case of just like you know flooding the market a bit much like you know we're sort of hot shotting here and we built up a huge business and then now you know it sort of falls apart after that and i guess we'll we'll see how much that uh could possibly contribute to that just overwork and uh lack of quality control and that kind of stuff what's going on
0: something made a noise in my head it's apparently alexa doing stuff (laughs) i don't know why i have to hear that but it's just in my head so it's cool
1: (laughs) is your computer connected to alexa i guess she's connected to the wi-fi i'm sure it is everything i'm sure it is
0: i hate everything i
1: got irrationally mad at um my wife got a new car recently and i was like in the middle of a fucking you know drive and like she fell asleep so i was like well let me plug in my phone and i can listen to my shit and not her shit and then it's like As soon as I plug it in, it's like, you need to set up Apple CarPlay. And it's like, why do I need to do that? Why do I need another fucking thing? Like, (laughs) if you plug in anything, it's an auxiliary cable. Phone to car. It should work. I don't need another thing. Stop trying to integrate everything. And then I wanted to be like, all right, well, I won't plug it in. We just won't do that. We'll just connect via the Bluetooth. And it's like... I hadn't previously sunk my phone to the Bluetooth before. And so it's like, yeah. you can't sync a new thing while the car's driving. And I'm like, why fucking not? I could just hit a button and it well, would do it. I mean, it. I get that's a
0: safety thing and they don't want you looking at your phone, but like, there are also passengers in the vehicle. Exactly. Like, they don't know that I could can drive four different and, and
1: phones in the at car at the same
0: time right right like, yeah that is frustrating and it, yeah here's what's frustrating about mine and part of this is how old my car is. i'm not done yet
1: you. and it's a safety oh, issue Never mind. Well,
0: go ahead my story's not even good anyway go ahead <laughs> it's a safety issue but like
1: everything on the phone or everything in general has to be a fucking touch screen now so like i'm staring at a screen while driving down the highway didn't know to do it i don't want to do that what are you trying to, what information are you delaying to me now why do i have to read all this i can't read at 80 miles an hour So it's not safety it's the opposite
0: of safety (laughs) sorry i interrupted (laughs) i mean my like i said mine's not actually that good but my (laughs) old car bluetooth is yeah old car bluetooth like it will connect and it will play it will stream things through bluetooth which is nice but if you are listening to the radio or a cd or anything other than stuff through your phone It will not allow the phone to make any other noises. So, like, (laughs) say I get a text going down the road, I won't know that I get a text if I don't (laughs) have it on the aux
1: setting. Um, So, like, your phone is Bluetooth connected. It's trying to send that sound info through the car speakers, but the car speakers are playing something else so it
0: doesn't come through. Right. So, or same thing if, like, you have set your phone to give you directions somewhere and (laughs) you're trying to listen to that. They won't come through and interrupt the song. You have to put it on Ox and listen to right. nothing, you know, the silence. <laughs> right. And then randomly she'll go, turn left at 500 feet. Like, what <laughs> What happened?
1: Why is your uh, map voice so
0: masculine? <laughs> turn left. I, I don't know. <laughs> dang it. Dang it, turn left. <laughs> I don't know. Um. Anyway,
1: Oliver and Company, no, made in the 80s. There was another. No, no. <laughs> I'm trying to remember where I was going to go with that. Oh, and it's like, and the other thing, it's like locking me out of shit because, like, it's a safety issue. Like, do you not realize what direction cars are going at this point, car manufacturer? Like, yes, it's a safety issue, but fast forward 10 years, this car's going to be doing everything by itself. You should let me do what I want to do with my phone. I'm going to be asleep in the back seats. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, it's all how, right? Like, it's yeah. all like, I'm afraid I can't do that. Like, exactly. Like, that's where we're going. But, like, the car already has, like, automatic like keep you in your lane shit and like some sort of yeah turn that smart cruise control thing where it's like
0: oh i hate that that's another (laughs) annoying thing
1: it's sometimes convenient but it is annoying because it tricks you into driving slower than you want <laughs> because
0: you'll. Yeah, I don't want you'll that. set
1: the cruise control and then you'll be go set it at like, you know, 79 or whatever. And then like as you, as you approach a car behind you, oddly specific, <laughs> that's where I said it. As you approach the car in front of you, if you get too close, it'll slowly slow you down and you'll be going 75 before you even realize it. And then you're like, hey, I should get in front of this guy. Why am I going slow? So, yeah, I don't like it. I don't either um the movie <laughs> yes uh i don't know did i have any more background shit this may be a very tangential episode <laughs> um you mentioned celebrities yeah we got huey lewis performing our opening song we got apparently barry manilow wrote one of the songs um obviously we'll get to him in a minute but billy joel is one of the main characters bet midler is another main character um dom de so we got a bunch of names in it which Probably was a better, bigger selling point in the 80s than just saying, like, the new masterpiece from Disney because, you know, they
0: hadn't been a big deal in a while, you know? Right. On the, uh, on the other hand, like, that does add to the New York feel of the movie. Like, Billy Joel is very New York. Um, Barry Manilow, I'm pretty sure, is from there. That may not be true. We can cut this out if that's not true. Um, <laughs> I don't know and... where people are from. <laughs> I know Billy Joel. <laughs> but, so I feel like that sort of adds to the... I think Bette Midler is from there, too, or at least lives there. And so, like, that adds to the the, the atmosphere of this movie. Yeah. Um. I really like the uh, sort of the background drawings, mm-hmm. uh, the skyline and that kind of stuff, which also adds to the atmosphere and less so any of the actual, like, characters. I feel like they <laughs> look like shit, but everything yeah. in the background looks cool. Like, <laughs> Kind of, yeah.
1: <clears throat> they do... Um the video game reference incoming, they do kind of a final fantasy seven thing where it's like, there's a lot of like really detailed, like matte paintings in the background. And then the characters are animated and just kind of placed on the painting and moving around. Like we open up with a very, like in the opening credits, matte paintings, which we've seen a few different times, like starting in the rescuers. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of just been a thing. And then a lot in the, just some of the, like the establishing shots we'll see like clearly like a painting, but then we'll see characters moving around on it and stuff. Um, which I imagine was a time thing. You know, you don't have to animate or sketch out yeah. stuff as clearly. I don't feel like this looks very Disney at all. Not this really. Movie. No, it feels d- different too. It doesn't feel very Disney. Maybe that's just because it's like a modern city. Like Disney hasn't really done that at any point. They haven't really
0: done a whole lot of modern anything. No, I guess not. So like, but they've done things that are in the city that still feel Disney-like, like Lady and or not Lady and the Tramp, but One Hundred One Dalmatians. Like yeah. the tramp, too. Somewhat, um, yeah. And even things like, well, this is definitely not modern, but things like the Great Mouse Detective are in the city. Like, they're in London. Right, yeah. Um,
1: hey, maybe it's just we haven't done it in an American city yet. Perhaps that could be. Maybe that's like <laughs> us going,
0: oh, that's not how that looks. Not that I've been to New York, <laughs> but maybe
1: still. Um. <clears throat> and another common thing uh, that's somewhat notable about this uh, throughout all the animation process and wanting to get like the feel of the city they just kind of put advertising everywhere which obviously would be the case in new york but like that seems like a thing that wouldn't be allowed today right like brands are very maybe they'd make an exception for disney but brands are super protective about like where and when their logos are seen and they expect to negotiate and red tape that shit out and you know everybody get paid at the end of the day
0: i guess but especially knowing it's a kid's movie and that you know kids buy shit Yeah, either buy shit or drive their parents to spend money on stuff then putting your product in a disney movie is a definitely a good idea like
1: i mean yeah i guess but there was also like kodak and like yamaha and it's like is that what kids are buying like i don't know i get coke and mcdonald's things that
0: are actually in the skyline at that time
1: maybe yeah i don't know it just seems very odd
0: made generic versions of those things
1: right and i get i don't know it just seems like something they might let disney do but they would not let anyone else do like no you cease and desist right away Our, na- our brand will not be affiliated with this or whatever. But I was kind of on watch for whenever I saw brand names pop up. And I was wondering if I was going to see any that like were long dead or anything. But I don't think so. I I, I mean, Tab, I guess, showed up. Tab's not really a thing, I assume, anymore. I yeah, I don't know. It was right next to Coke. So I don't know if Tab, if Coke owned Tab.
0: Were they together? or? I, I have no idea. Research. So the film opens with establishing shots of New York City and Huey Lewis singing, as you mentioned before, in a song that uh, sort of sounds like a knockoff version of Arthur's theme. Like, that's kind of what we wanted, but we didn't want to use Arthur's theme, so we just sort of wrote a song that sounds similar. Not Arthur the Aardvark, no. Okay,
1: then what are you talking about? (laughs)
0: There's a movie called Arthur, uh, with a very famous song from it called Arthur's Theme. I was that, sitting here thinking, If you I'm... get
1: caught between the moon and New York City, yeah, I know it's crazy, but it's true.
0: I don't know, Arthur, uh That does sound It like a, a drunk guy. I don't know. I saw like the first 10 <laughs> minutes and was like, this is not good, but whatever. <laughs> they remade it with Russell Brand in the 2000s. Okay. And so that's how good it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, Christopher Cross, man, is the guy who sings it.
1: Okay, I was sitting here thinking, like, I watched a lot of Arthur. I don't fucking remember the theme not song at Arthur. Any. Why
0: would they want that theme song? I don't. I, I thought make sense.
1: Yeah. Well, it could have just been coincidental. I believe the song was uh, called "Once Upon a Time in New York City" that Huey Lewis sings. Right, and it's a kind of like upbeat song, even though we're playing it over a montage of a sad cat not getting adopted and being washed away down a drain and stuff. Like, it's a little odd. This is also, my note page here is very full because I have margin notes as well. Because I watched this intro uh, like a month ago and then had to stop. And so then I watched it again today and I have extra notes. But (laughs) things like, smoking still a thing, hot dog guy. (laughs) So we're still showing smoking in Disney movies in the 80s. And one of them is with the hot dog guy. But yeah, the free kittens. Uh, you know, we see our main character in a box in the street. People are just walking by, adopting all the other cats. He doesn't get adopted. He gets rained on and washed away, and then he ends up in an alleyway. And there's some scary dogs and
0: a significant downpour, like yeah. the amount of rain that slowly fills up this cardboard box. It's a lot of rain. Card- like- cardboard
1: is pretty absorbent too, so <laughs> that would be going for hey, a but while. But the amount,
0: like. I recently uh, got my my own rain gauge and like it can come down like, you know, a whole lot of rain. But that little tube only fills up so much. So the idea that a cardboard box would be filled to the brim with the spring water means it's got to really be coming down. Maybe it was placed under under like a gutter or something that was draining. Okay, maybe so.
1: I sent you the Arthur theme. I yeah, I saw that. I was giggling at you having a rain gauge and being. What's wrong with that? Are you seventy-five? Like why? What are Maybe. you doing with this I information? Like to know, how
0: much did it, How much did it rain? That's good to know. <laughs> oh, it rained two and a half inches. How about that?
1: This is like me wearing my Fitbit and counting my steps every day, and it's like I'm not doing anything with this information. It's just here.
0: Sure, but I, what I'm doing is, like, after it rains, I text our grandfather and be like, hey, it rained this much here. How much did you write?" He checks his rain gauge. and He has one, too. <laughs> he is, you know, 75, 76 years old. But, you know, that's how we connect.
1: My next note says, big ass on the hot dog vendor.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, that is accurate.
1: <laughs> we cut to the next morning. There's a guy with a hot dog cart, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, he had a pretty big ass on him. Um, through this whole intro, um, Oliver, our main character, hasn't really spoken yet, which I kind of liked. I thought that was a good touch. Yeah, you feel for it him is nice. before you hear his annoying voice. You already are like, oh, I'm sorry, you're going through all this, and it's not just like I don't know a kid whining. There's a lot
0: of '80s things going on. Like, there's a dude with a boombox that uh, yep. that Oliver follows for a little bit. And...
1: Mm-hmm. And also, we're...
0: Some skateboarding. I'm pretty sure. We're doing the Lady and the Tramp thing where we're showing everything
1: from, like, you know, the the knee down on people. Um, right. I did like that about this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the the director of this movie, uh, George Scribner, Scribner, I don't know. He borrowed a technique from Lady and the Tramp by uh, basically blocking out the scenes on real streets and then f- f- photographing them uh, with cameras that were mounted, like, a foot and a half off the ground. And so... By doing that, they you know kind of the animators use the real photos as a, you know like a template to provide the, you know like a dog's perspective on the streets out there, which is you know that's pretty cool just from a research standpoint. Like I don't know that interests me.
0: Yeah, that is cool. It it, it seems like we're trying to do what worked well in Lady and the Tramp, but why don't we just watch Lady and the Tramp? Like it's true. Uh, I mean Dodger is like a cheap knockoff of Tramp, and you know pretty much yeah. And then we're shooting it in the same way, but not as, you know, not as well done as right. as Lady. Well,
1: it's been 30 years. Like, you can, uh, you know, I guess you could re-release Lady and the Tramp to theaters. But, you know, this way you could get, you know, new kids involved in a new thing and parents. I don't know. I, I'm sure it made sense. But they, they are
0: missing a couple things to make this movie work as well as Lady and the Tramp did. Yeah. Um, if you want to go back in our archives to listen to our Lady in the Tramp episode, that was one that we didn't expect to like as much as we did. Uh, we That's ended up true, really yeah. raving about that film and about Lady herself as one of the very few strong female characters you see in early, <laughs> or really honestly, 20 films yeah. in later <laughs> yeah. Disney movies.
1: I don't uh, think they've had a female character since Lady, <laughs> like... uh made marion maybe like we pretty much Mm. just gave up like we're not even doing princess stories anymore so
0: yeah i mean i guess bianca in uh, the rescuers gets to like do stuff yeah that's true we talked about that a bit in that movie too but she's also like i don't
1: want to wrinkle my dress yeah Uh uh-huh and there's not i mean there's a female dog that's part of the gang but she doesn't really do much either in this movie um Never learned her name, either. I just called her Lady, no, me neither. <laughs> lady Dog.
0: <laughs> yep.
1: Because when we get to them, we got Latin Dog, English Dog, Stupid Dog, and Lady Dog. <laughs> That's the gang. But uh, start out, we meet the leader of the gang. The company, if you will. Yeah, there you go. Start out, we meet the leader of the company, uh, Dodger, who I didn't get his name for a while. I was mostly just calling him Billy Joel. But
0: yeah, he's based, he's based off the artful
1: dodger from oliver twist (laughs) Mm -hmm. he was basically uh he's basically tramp like he's going around the city he knows where all the good food is all that kind of stuff um and he immediately uh you know sort of he meets oliver and kind of like you know manipulates him into getting the hot dogs off the hot dog vendor like he you know talks out this whole big plan with him and stuff and then he just barks at him and goes all scary which calls oliver to Take off running into the hot dog vendor, which distracts him, which allows for the stealing of the hot dogs. And then Oliver's like, Oh man, that was a great uh you know, caper we pulled there, and he's like, Caper, we're done, buddy. We're not you're not rolling with me anymore. Get lost. Like that kind of stuff.
0: So we get Billy Joel to voice Dodger and to sing the the song that people know from this movie. Right. Uh of Why Should I Worry. Mm-hmm. And Billy Joel is, and he's not the only one guilty of this, but he's one of several singers who were really pretty cool in the 70s and then, like, fell off a cliff in the yeah. 80s. And uh, this is where you could splice in the, like, 80s Billy Joel cover band from Wedding Crashers, <laughs> but we are an 80s Joel band. We only play 80s Joel. Guess who's dropping Wedding Crashers references
1: in 2019? I don't remember Fair enough. anything that about that funny. movie.
0: Okay, but that part is funny, especially if you admit that Billy Joel sucks. Um,
1: <laughs> um, okay, note to future Jake, look up whatever Dustin's talking about and judge whether or not it's funny.
2: Said goodbye to me tonight. Start the to fire, there buddy! Tell me Come on, man, play some from a stranger. the stranger! We strictly do 80s Joel music, sir. Uh, why you needed me to... Sucks. hey
0: listen motherfucker we always sing 80s doll so take your, skank, hook your wife and get the fuck out of here Shit. horatio
1: sands oh, okay um i am with you on that i <laughs> i don't know if that's an, <laughs> an argument for it being funny or not <laughs> I... yeah he's a thing um i am with you on that i do enjoy a good chunk of billy joel some of his later stuff is just <laughs> it's pretty lame um Right. Are you a fan of the song uh, Tell Her About It? I'm pretty
0: sure that's the 80s one. It is 80s. <laughs> very not really saxophony.
1: No. I think it's catchy.
0: I also don't really like, and I know Office fans, but I don't like We Didn't Start the Fire.
1: Oh, um, yeah, whatever. I mean, it's fun as a nov- novelty
0: of just like, oh,
1: he name-dropped a bunch of shit, but, you know. not I, As a song, it's not one of my favorites either.
0: Big Shot, I enjoy. Like, Only the Good Die Young is good. Moving Out, pretty great moving yeah i like moving out trying to think new york state of mind's pretty good mm, that might be it eh, i
1: don't know i have
0: uh a... well i mean the piano man i mean that's well good. right everybody likes that
1: i have a billy joel greatest hits cd on my phone so okay well let's see what we got <laughs> take a look if there's anything i'm forgetting uh everybody loves you now that one's pretty catchy it's really like upbeat. i don't even know that one uh, it's uh i'll play it for you sometime it's pretty good um the entertainer he's really bitter in that one he has a line about like oh yeah yeah. i wrote this great song but they cut it down to 305 or something like they wouldn't play the full length song of his or something i don't
0: remember right uh
1: my life is good um what was the yeah no
0: i like my life okay and that is 80s too i'm pretty sure you may yeah because there's a music video for it (laughs) you may be right that one's awesome fair enough
1: (laughs) see i mean it's it's a pretty good i mean uptown girl sucks but like i don't know enough of his his 80s
0: billy joel up and down
1: yeah pretty much yeah the second half of this album pressure is terrible have you ever heard that
0: i have not i know under pressure no it's not that it's
1: like it's got a really like memorable but shitty keyboard bit fast forward a bit that was only part of it but i don't know it's not good pressure pressing down on me <laughs> uh how do you feel about the longest time the acapella one? Oh, 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 for the longest time no Mm-mm. well no. i think we've covered the billy joel portion of this conversation um but why should i worry is uh I believe I called it the only sufficiently memorable part of this movie. Because um, it does feel like a big Disney sing along. It does feel a bit 80s, but, you know, it's a. Uh, you know, you got dogs dancing in the all street. The, like,
0: yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> that was the only. Dogs thing. dancing in the street. You got dogs like, dancing a big, in like, the street, of course. Yeah. What
1: else do you need yeah. to make a big Disney song? Why should I worry? Um, you got, you know, he's just like walking on various. New York City
0: things like a concrete <laughs> spinner and a I don't know what they're called. <laughs> and there's like a subway grate that blows yeah. up his hair and then Oliver looks crazy. Uh it also if you listen to the lyrics, like they didn't come up with enough of them and they just repeat like Street <laughs> Savoir Fair like a million times. Like they do. Like we could have come up with some more shit and Mostly just, why should I worry? Why should I care? Blah, blah, blah. Street savoir-faire. Just say that over and over again.
1: The lyrics are mostly just name-dropping parts of New York, like, all the way from right, 35th yeah. Avenue <laughs> over to the Bowery. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. Never been there. I don't know the geography. Uh, he washes his ass on a fire hydrant, which seemed like a lot of pressure. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Woo-hoo. It's um, a deep clean. Have you ever used a bidet? <laughs> uh this, I, I, I have not i have not either but i don't know how much pressure you get for them but i feel like i th- i mean i i don't want it to be like a week like i'm gently getting peed on kind of thing like i want like <laughs> thumb over a garden hose if we're gonna do it <laughs> <laughs> i've thought about yeah. buying one before i hear they got them pretty cheap think- on like amazon but
0: i think the fancier ones have like you get to pick the setting for how how much pressure comes out of it um I mean, if but we're not—if right. <laughs> we're like when you come over a garden hose, yeah.
1: If, otherwise, what are you even doing? You're just making me wet. Like this isn't fun.
0: Uh, I don't know. Now I'm just picturing Raymond trying to put out that fire with a short. Hose. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> if you put your thumb over it. Um. He gets uh, lifted up on a piano that's on a crane and sings the chorus. And I'm assuming just in New York, pianos are just lifted on cranes all the damn
0: time. Yeah, that's how shit be there.
1: (laughs) He had sunglasses on his head, so he looks more like Billy Joel, because might as well go all out. Um... And it's
0: just one big flash mob ready to take off at any moment in New York. There's there's pianos on cranes, and just like people might start singing at any moment. Is that still a thing? flash mobs. Uh I don't think so. I think it is but it is still a thing there, I'm sure, since musicals just break out all the time in New York must be.
1: But yeah, so he sings a big song and he uh tries to abandon uh Oliver, but we later
0: find out Oliver's following him. Um then we cut to the dog gang back at the hideouts. Oh, I did have a thought on the song that I meant to mention before. Mm-hmm. Given that Dodger is basically our blue of this movie, do you feel like Oliver should have wandered a little bit longer first, and we should have built up to this song a little bit? It feels like, sort of like when you wish upon a star. Like we've done our big song way too early yeah, we, in this movie. We could just we've go got home. Got nothing left. Yeah, <laughs> this could have That's been a Disney a short. <laughs> like, yeah,
1: um, I did feel like, and I'll get to this at the end of the movie. Um, it, I feel like time constraints are hurting us here because, like, I assume being a Dickensian novel, it's like eleven hundred pages long or some shit. I'm and, sure. Uh, We don't really get to wait and, like, build up on anything. It's like, he's a cat, he's born, or he's, you know, born is what I meant to say there. He's alone, he doesn't get adopted, he meets a friend, he follows a friend, he joins a gang, he's immediately lost from the gang and gets to go live with this other kid, and then, you know, the kid loses him, and now he's back at the gang, and yeah. Like, we don't build those relationships very well along the way, because we don't really have time to at, the at same any time, time we could be doing that we
0: sing another song right so. at the same time we try to introduce a few too many plots like it could just be let's get oliver back where he, or not even back because he doesn't have a family he's getting back to but well, he does right. but then not at first <laughs> but then right. we also like we just introduce other plot threads for no reason like the whole character all of bed midler's characters like why why are you a thing yeah not necessary <laughs> um but we get to the dog gang
1: um it's basically just the pound scene from Lady and the Tramp again. But Which is now the second later. time we've recycled it. Right. We've got a Chihuahua who is funny Spanish, and uh, he's played by Cheech Marin. And then we've got an English bull- Bulldog. And the other dog, I don't I put wrote down he was Russian dog at first, but I don't know if he was. He was mostly just idiot dog. I don't know that his nationality was part of it. Um,
0: you know what idiot dog's then,
1: name is? Uh, Einstein. Yeah. I did get that one. 'Cause we called him that and once I thought as a joke and then I looked it up on IMDb and yeah. yeah, that was his name.
0: Now Cheech did say that uh they basically let him just improv as much as possible, which is sort of a yeah. uh, I got that to Robin Williams later on as the genie, but
1: Yeah, and he does some Robin Williams things like late way later on. He just sings hi ho randomly, which like right. we're very self referential now. And that'll only, you know, fast forward three or four films and we'll just make a whole movie or a whole character based around that. Um But he also says things like, "Oh, you know they they were supposed to be bringing home food and nobody
0: did." And he goes, "Oh, it's
1: newspaper burritos again." And it's like, okay,
0: (laughs) don't know how I feel about any of this. I mean, he's the humor in the movie. Some of it ages better than than other parts. Right, but like he's our source of humor in this movie. Like a little bit Dom DeLuise, but mostly Cheech. Yeah. And maybe in 1988 it'd be like, "Ha,
1: ah, the you know Mexican guy said he likes burritos. Isn't that funny? I've had a burrito before. Ha ha ha." But like, once it's 2019, it's just like, "Okay, think you mean a steak wrap, pal?" <laughs> um, Oliver crashes through the ceiling. Um, well, so they needed food, and then Dodger shows up with the sausages, and he's like, "Oh, you know." Uh, uh, you know guys, I got this. I wouldn't let you down. And then he starts telling the story about how he got the sausages and he had to fight him away from a big monster with long claws and then Oliver crashes through the ceiling and they're like, Oh, is this the monster? <laughs> you know. Real jokey uh you know, back and forth between the dogs. And then uh they they pretty much pretty quickly decide that Oliver's cool and he can just hang out there.
0: Um and then as, well, as don't they decide that he's cool when he stands up to the other dogs, or is there something else that lets him be cool before that? Uh yeah, I guess it's that.
1: They're they're really conversational about him. They I don't think they're planning on kicking him out. And Dodger's like, uh he kinda says, like, hey, you kept up or something like that. You know, he's not like, What the hell, you followed me? Like you you know, tries to play it off all cool. And then yeah, um, uh Fagan, the the human character, uh Dom Delouise is mostly what I called him, stumbles in. And uh, we sort of get uh, he sort of gets to explain our plot a little bit here where he says, you know, we can see, you know, he's poor and homeless. He lives here. He seems to owe this debt to uh, somebody named Sykes and he's got to pay off the debt. And these dogs are out going and, uh, you know, collecting stuff for him,
0: basically, to try to pay off the debt. But they're really just bringing him junk and none of it's working. Um, Fagin is the character that's the most changed from the novel from the glancing at Wiki that I did last <laughs> night. Is that Um, so? Yes, in the novel, he is sort of the villain who takes up all, you know, rounds up all these kids and makes them work for him. And um, right, yeah, he's he's sort of a monster. All their thefts, (laughs) yeah.
1: Well, but
0: in this, they (laughs) love him and they want. We took his,
1: yeah, we (laughs) took his name and then just rewrote him to be what we wanted. That sounds about right. Right. Um,
0: Make him Dom Deluise, and you can't really hate him.
1: Right. That's actually where most of my enjoyment of this movie comes from. It's just, you can't really hate Dom DeLuise. <laughs> like no. they try to, they try to do a lot of like, you know, heavy kind of somber moments in this movie. And if it wasn't Dom DeLuise, like carrying it, I don't think I would have cared much, but like, you know, he, he, he sort of tugs at your heartstrings a bit. And so when I do have praise, it's mostly going to come down to him for carrying this thing on his
0: back. Um, He would go on to be in most of the uh, Don Bluth films. That's true. He may have already been in some by this point. Right, but he signed on to be in this one, I think, when Bluth was still there, and then... Really? I'm pretty sure I read that. Because <laughs> he leaves sometime around here, too, obviously, if he's making um uh, Before Yeah, he's, before he's been
1: gone for a while. Well, there was a big walkout in, wasn't that
0: Fox and the Hounds? We talked about oh, But that's about after it. Black Cauldron, right? So, like, and this was Green... No. Oh. <clears throat> that was before Black Cauldron. Oh, well, never mind then. Yeah. So then, Sykes arrives mm-hmm. to uh, shake down Fagin. Yeah, and he's got these big German
1: shepherds that
0: sort of uh bust into the place.
1: They're definitely okay. Dobermans. Got, they've got these big Dobermans. His I don't know. Plate dogs. Even says Doberman. <laughs>
0: Fair <laughs> points.
1: I definitely wrote German shepherd in my notes a couple of times. Well, so okay,
0: but they're Dobermans. They're big scary dogs. <laughs> yes, they're big scary dogs, and we tried to give some—not much. We tried to give some personality to them, in that one of them is they in love with talk. girl dog yeah that's about it <laughs> pretty much yeah um
1: they have names too but i didn't write them down so fuck it um and so yeah while they're sort of up in the other dogs business then uh fagin is having to go talk to sykes and he's in this big fancy car and we get to see some uh early use of 3d here uh that's we've seen that a couple of movies now but uh yeah just sort of the blending of the 2d and 3d um kind of like what we saw the great mouse detective in the big clock fight but this is just like a sweeping shot of a 3d car and then we're back right. to just a- 2d animation
0: really and probably an expensive thing to do and kind of pointless didn't really bring anything probably, to the yeah. movie like ooh, look at that car it's computer generated like <laughs> neat it's true but i mean
1: i guess when you have a new technology you gotta like learn what you can and can't do with it along right. the way. yeah you don't just want to like okay now we're doing toy story like you gotta it does seem like if sort you're of trying to
0: save disney animation maybe just making up shit to spend money on is one yeah. way you could save it
1: i didn't really look at like budgets or like how much money this movie made or anything i didn't do that research well i mean
0: we could pretty quickly one of the dogs is named de soto because it says that in my notes okay i don't know the other one's name but DeSoto's the one that uh gets scratched
1: one of them sounded oddly like Samuel L. Jackson, but I looked it up and he's not in it, so. The budget was $31 million. The box office was $74 million,
0: so it worked. So they profited. So all the dogs back down when the Dobermans come in the room, but Oliver stands up to them and scratches one of them. Uh, mm-hmm. Which impresses the rest of the gang or the company, and they right. definitely agree to, that he can be with them after that and introduce him to Fagin.
1: Right, and while this is going on, Fagin is, is getting, you know, the pressure put on him here to uh, get the money that... Uh, we never find out how much money he needs to pay off. But He's got uh, three days. Yeah, he's got three days to do it, and while, while he's doing this, you know, he's... This car is, like, parked on a dock, so there's not a lot of room, and he's, like, shimmying his way over to the window, and then... Uh, you know, Sykes like opens the door to try to push him into the water and he like has to hang on to the car's side mirror, which he then breaks off and throws into the water, so he's making things worse. You can see he's really shaking in his boots anytime he has
0: any time he has to talk to Sykes. Um right. we still get some humor here where like Sykes tells him you get three sunrises and three sunsets, three days and he's like, Three sunrises, three sunsets, three days? That's that's nine days. I can do that. <laughs> like no. Yeah. Three days. Right. It's like Edgar counting <clears throat> how many lives the cat. Yeah, kinda, have. yeah mm-hmm and uh we didn't talk
1: like childhood memories of this movie but this is the main thing I do remember from watching it as a kid is like when uh he's like uh Fagin's like leaning his head into Syke's car and then Syke to intimidate him is like rolling up the window on his head and like that wasn't a concept I ever thought of until I saw this movie and then I was just like oh god I could die by doing that <laughs> like
0: how the windows could hurt me now I didn't know that so, the only childhood memory of this film I have is that the Alvern Company soundtrack is the first CD I ever saw.
2: <laughs> saw, not owned. Yeah, well oh, we
0: owned, but like okay. a, I remember like having and like, you know, why? I don't know why, why. Did we beat. <laughs> like we had that and like the Alvin and the Chipmunks Christmas CD. Yeah, I know we had that, that was one our forever. my CD collection for a long time. <laughs> Before Kermit unpigged. (laughs) I remember that, too.
1: Well, that was years uh, later, but yeah. Bugs sings the Beatles or whatever.
0: Yeah, that was also even more years later, but yeah.
1: Have you ever rolled up your finger in a car window? Mm, No.
0: No, can't Mm. say that I have. I did that as a kid, and it didn't feel good.
1: (laughs) But yeah, this was also, uh, we mentioned before, the concept of grandma's house movies on this podcast. This is uh, one that was at our our paternal grandparents' house, uh, and so... But I was also in competition with, like, Bambi and uh, Little Rascals was over there. I watched Little Rascals the most out of the three. Um, oh,
0: day! Okay.
1: Right. So anytime I was over there, I was probably not watching this. I was probably watching Little Rascals and maybe playing Nintendo.
0: So Lady Dog sing- sings a song called Streets of Gold. Lady Dog is voiced by one of the Pointer Sisters. Uh, so more... They sing songs. I don't know um, who that is.
1: You <laughs> also skipped the end of that scene. where The uh, song
0: that's in, uh, fine, we can go back and talk about the end of the scene. But the but song that's about in love, song. actually, that he sings when the, when Hugh Grant's dancing around, the Jump for My Love, which was also the original Saturday Night's Main Event theme. <laughs> okay. <laughs> is how the like keyboard part goes in the background, you know. Jump. Do-do-do-do. Do-do-do-do-do. da da-da, da da-da, da-da. Da-da-da. Da-da-da-da. Watch Love Actually More, you fuck. I have, but I
1: don't remember Hugh Grant dancing. Like, <laughs> the scene that people remember from that movie? Like, I remember fine. a lot of Bill Nye being funny, and I remember a uh, dude hooking up with, or wanting to hook up with Karen Knightley and holding the signs and being creepy. And I remember uh, everyone calling the intern lady for Hugh Grant fat, even though she's not. And I remember the size of a blast there. Yeah, that's the last. I remember movie. Colin Firth not being able to speak French. Like those are the things people remember for that movie. I don't remember a bit part where Hugh Grant
0: dances Portuguese. Portuguese is the language that he learns. Okay, fine.
1: It's a French girl. <laughs> no, I've
0: only seen it twice. Isn't it's a she Portuguese, Portuguese <laughs> girl? No, he's in France. Okay, she neither is of them speak for him, She is exactly when they first meet he tries to speak french to her but doesn't actually know how to speak french either but no portuguese is what she speaks
1: i've seen it twice not every year for 15 years
0: (laughs) well you're doing it wrong
1: after sykes leaves fagin goes back in and he sort of cuddles up with the dogs and they take care of him and they put his slippers on and put a blanket on him and bring a book for him to read and that's when uh um, he mentions like oh I saw the scratch on one of the dog's nose which one of you did that and then they show him Oliver and it's like oh we never had a cat in the gang before but I think you'll fit in just fine and then they read a book and that's you know a, despite the danger of their situation everyone seems legitimately happy together in this sort of you know gang that they formed and all that and uh, thin Lady Dog sings a song out on the streets called Streets of Gold I think
0: Right, because they have to go on the streets to round up stuff that uh, Fagin can then pawn to get money for so that he can pay back Sykes.
1: Right. And so then we get to see uh, a plan forming, because uh, we cut to a rich girl in a fancy like limo, or I don't know, at, at least a, she has a driver and it's a fancy car, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get some backstory about her. She's got shitty parents that like ran off and left her, and she's getting phone calls like, no, we're not coming back this week either. And it's like, oh, okay, thanks, parents. Um, and, you know, so she's got this, uh, like, butler that's sort of taking care of her. I think his name was Winston or Wilson or something like that. Um, and so we... wrote down butler. <laughs> his name was butler. And then, uh, you know, we get to see just sort of a picture of them. And in the meantime, Dodger's like, okay, we're gonna run a number six on them or whatever. And then, like, uh, so we get the English bull... or We get the stupid dog to run out and hit his head on the car. And then the English bulldog to lay down in front of the car. And then, um... Oliver and uh, Tito, the Chihuahua, are going to rush into the car and start hot wiring it. I don't know. This is a very elaborate plan. Like I don't. Yeah, it's complicated. The whole, the whole time they're going through this, I'm like, at what point are we getting money in this? Like, was this? Do we just get to step
0: two of right, a ten we step s- plan s- here? Stealing the car, the plan. Like, do they want to like bring <laughs> where are the are they going to go Faden? with it? Like <laughs> that would have gotten more money. I don't know. It's
1: elaborate, but you know they they don't notice the girl in the back seat, and then eventually. um Oliver, who's meant to be the lookout, does, and then he distracts Tito, and Tito gets electrified somehow and shot out of the car, and then, uh, basically, um, Oliver gets left behind, and, uh, then, obviously, the girl's like, oh, a cat, we have to keep him, cats are great, you know, um, <laughs> that's pretty much her line.
0: Yeah, basically. Um, Jenny is her name.
1: Yeah, I think I wrote Penny a couple times, but, uh. <laughs> That was, uh, that was Rescuers. And that's because
0: this movie started out as another Rescuers movie. Really? Before they went, well, maybe we don't have to do that. So <laughs> that's why she's like Penny, because they were going to reuse Penny. Uh,
1: all right. What would the Rescuers have done? Would they have come and helped Fagin? I we have figure no idea. And out? why
0: do we need more movies in the Rescuers universe when it was so
1: goddamn awful? I don't know. But we try again in a couple of years, and we actually do a good job. So Yeah. Uh, Oliver and company died so that the rescuers down under could live (laughs) but either way Oliver's captured and then we cut to to her house and like holy shit she's rich it's a big ass house and then there's a poodle that lives there played by Bette Midler her name is Georgette and she sings a song while putting on makeup and none of this is necessary at all (laughs) like perfect is me is the name of the song there was a pretty good line in there about like, you know, I gotta do up my face, and it's a lot of effort, but I gotta, you know, it's worth the effort, but the line is, not for my vanity, but for humanity. <laughs> right. I am a gift to the world.
0: <laughs> there are times when the dog's face looks a little bit like Corilla Deville. I could um, see that a little so bit. So that's a thing, but I don't mm-hmm. know.
1: Not really similar character-wise, like... No. She is annoyed by Oliver and tries to get rid of him, but it never turns into, like, villainous shit, um...
0: Yeah, as she's doing her song is about the time I noticed just how unfocused this movie is. So yeah, like, we're all over we the place. We had which this I think... plot line going, and yeah. then he's going to be best friends with Jenny, and then like, there's this other dog that doesn't like him and doesn't want him to be best friends with Jenny, Right.
1: Which again I think is time constraints and I think it's also why I watched this movie as a kid you know multiple times but I don't remember much about it because like it's all over the place you know. Like, it feels with...
0: like there's two different movies like you can make a movie yeah. about the gang has to save Fagin or whatever or you can make a movie where Oliver gets separated and loves his new life or whatever has to
1: right. or even fit just... into
0: his new environment cut out the gang you could just have oliver's a kitten and then he gets adopted but this
1: other dog doesn't like him like that could be a story you'd have to right. dress it up at some point but you know that's a premise it's um, like they
0: tried to do a movie and a sequel to the movie in the same movie
1: <laughs> kind of <laughs> but then we cut to jenny who's in the kitchen making some horrible concoction with like chocolate chips and whipped cream and i don't know what but it's supposed I to be know, cat it looked food like, um, cookie dough to me i thought it uh, hit for me i need it <laughs> Well, I wasn't sure if it was chocolate chips or if it was cat food, like little kibble that was being poured oh, in there. Maybe so. Based on I the animation, good. I don't know. <laughs> like, I just, eat that. She destroys the kitchen and she feeds the cat in the fancy dog's bowl, which is obviously going to cause some controversy in this weird B plot that is now what we're focusing on. <laughs>
0: right? Yes. Then we um, like do do we start the montage then, or is that a little later?
1: That's a little later. We cut back to Fagin now and the dogs like he's in a pawn shop or something trying to sell stuff and the dogs are like,
0: "Oh, we lost the kid. What are we going to do?" And they're
1: like, "Well, we're going to go still find help the kid." Fagin. Yeah. Right. They decide to find the kid before helping Fagan, which I don't know that that's really where their priorities should lie cuz like they're I know they feel bad for him, but like their loyalty should probably be to Fagin, right? And he's the guy who's going to get killed soon. Right. And he even mentions to them earlier like "Dead men don't buy dog food." <laughs> so they they know like uh you know, how important it is to keep him around. But maybe they think they can just get the cat back and, you know, be do. we could do that in like two hours and then we'll be back right on track. We can find him his money, you know?
0: I guess it's we're trying to make sure that the company stays faces here where, like, if they would have just if let him be taken, him. like, then it would look yeah. like, you know, that they gave up on him that easily or whatever, where now, you know, they they still want to take care of their own. Right. I have another theory where Oliver is the rock in the nation of domination. Where like he slowly just t- it becomes Oliver and Company, even though like he just yeah, joined he, like, them, usurps like, Dodger. Exactly. Yeah, it's gonna end
1: with Oliver being in an ankle lock and Dodger just being like "fuck you" and not saving him. Essentially, yeah. Now we get to the montage. We, you know, have. Uh penny jenny playing uh on our piano oliver's trying to help but you know cats and pianos it kind of felt like scales and arpeggios again
0: um yeah and then we while basically this song see is playing jenny and oscar's best day ever that they have together Os- oscar oscar damn it <laughs> jenny and oliver's best day ever that they have together here right
1: They just let this kid wander around Central Park, apparently, because that's (laughs) this whole montage. She's just alone with a cat. I don't know a lot about New York, but I don't think Central Park is that safe of a place to be by yourself, Um, but whatever. They go around, and they get a license, and I don't know what all they do. They ride a bike, I think, Um, but then we cut back to her bedroom, and she's, like, finishing up the song and climbing into bed, and she doesn't even take her earrings out before she goes to sleep. Like, that's kids. What are they doing? And the next day she has to go to school. Yep. And just disappears for a while. And then, uh, uh, I don't know if maybe Georgette sings another song or if she's just talking about how cool she is, but she shows that she's been on the cover of time magazine before, which like how fucking lame of a a magazine must that have been that month? How did nothing else happen in the world? Check out this cool (laughs) poodle. (laughs) Um, but yeah, the the gang of dogs are showing up at the house now. Um, They've, do we know how they found the house? Um, Did Tito just see where the car was
0: going? I guess. Maybe.
1: Don't know. You know, because they don't have the address yet, and also
0: they're dogs and presumably can't read. Um, Who knows? But either way, anyway. they find the house. The butler's watching wrestling that was cool yeah
1: there was a random shot of some pro wrestling happening that happens a few Seen times cool. in the movies though
0: yeah it gets the a callback. Yeah. mm
1: mm-hmm. the dogs come up with a plan to get in the house again they pretty much do the same thing they did before winston wilson whatever his name was you know sees the same bulldog that he thought he hit, and it's like oh you i'm gonna get you and chases him with a rolling pin um and then that way the dogs get in the house and then cheech cheech <laughs> tito the voiced by cheech uh Runs into Georgette, and then we find out he's got the, basically the same Latin name joke as uh, Rosita Chiquita, Juanita Chihuahua, in Lady and Lady in the Tramp. Like, I didn't catch it all, but it's like Alfonso something. Mm-hmm. Um, or Alonzo, or I don't remember. <laughs> One of them names. All right. Uh, but basically, Georgette's like, why are you dogs here? Help! Oh, wait, you're here for the cat? He's right over here. Go get him. Put him in the bag. And then that's pretty much what happens, and they... They carry him out in the pillowcase. And, yeah, throw him out the window and run back to the base. Um, and then basically, you know, we get him back there, we take him out of the bag, and then uh, it was like, kid, we saved you. And he's like, what, what? I didn't want to be saved. I was happy there. I have a new owner, like that kind of stuff. And it uh, seems to be some miscommunication here as to, uh, they they clearly have different thoughts about what it means to be in the gang. Because it, be, it seems to me that the... Uh, oliver and company gang is for life but oliver did not realize this because you know dodger makes a big deal about like we brought you into our gang kid you know you're supposed to be here and he's like i just met you guys what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) Like, why can't i go live in this house with this rich lady basically they are about to kick him out but then fagin shows up and sees that oliver's found himself a collar and a home and he's like oh wow okay look at you you're doing good for yourself you're not gonna get killed like i am wait a minute, this is on the rich side of town. You got some rich new owners. Hey, I could probably use their money to save my life. And he sort of puts together this whole plan, and he writes a ransom note. And he
0: This is where I tried to predict the plot uh, and predicted wrong in my notes. Oh. Where I was like, yeah, I discovered he has a new rich owner, so Fagin decides to kidnap, oh, no, not to kidnap, to rob Jenny. (laughs) And then I was like, well, write a ransom letter. Okay, that's sort of the same. Right. So he's going to ransom back Oliver to the little girl. He doesn't know, I guess, that it's a little girl, but right. to the owners Pretty big that live at that address.
1: Um, but yeah, he uses an ironing board to write on, and which is kind of amusing because it's like sinking into the ground the whole way. Um, you know, he writes like, big, rich, fancy cat owner person, and, you know, <laughs> calls for all this money. And yeah, he thinks he's writing to an adult or some, you know, stuffy old rich dude, but then he... Doesn't expect it to be a little girl that comes looking for him.
0: But he's so excited about this plan that he decides to tell Sykes about it. Yeah. Um, Don't worry, Sykes. I got it all figured out. I'm going to ransom this cat. I guess
1: we were out of time. Otherwise, I don't know why he would have done this. (laughs) Because like he should have just gone and done it rather than involving Sykes in the plan, but I guess if he needed more time, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, so we basically cut to Fagin being like, ha, I got this all figured out. You're gonna be a rich man, but you need me to do it and I got this ransom note, so give me some more time and then we'll split it 50-50 and you know, that's my final offer and then we cut back and show he's obviously talking to Dodger with all this confidence, <laughs> but then he like, okay, I'm gonna go knock on the door and then he just Completely melts once Sykes starts talking to him.
0: And while this is going on, uh, one of the Doberman's attack uh, dodger. Right, well, before we get to that, they're kind of like walking their way in, and we cut
1: to Sykes, and he's like talking on the phone, and he's giving like torture advice to like some unseen henchman, which was pretty funny. Where he's like, what? Well, you got to start with the knuckles, don't you know? And it's like, have you got him your concrete shoes yet or something? And it's like just pretty silly. Um, And while this is happening, you know, Fagan's kind of waiting uh you know for it to get his attention and then he sees that uh sykes has a model of his big fancy like lincoln continental or whatever the shit it is and like he like goes up to go touch it and immediately breaks the side mirror off of the model as well and then uh, you know tries to like lick it and stick it back on and it doesn't work but that was a pretty good callback joke i thought and then yeah we, we sort of negotiate and uh sykes does get on board with this plan uh Gives him 12 more hours, but Dodger does get attacked by the dogs here, but it's totally fine in the next scene, so I questioned what the point of that was. Like, hey, we're going to mess you up. Nah, I'm okay. It's a good point. Like, he even says, like, to Lady Dog or whatever, like, nah, they didn't get me too bad or something. Like, well, then
0: why did we bother? (laughs) Like, couldn't they just growl at you or whatever? Well, I didn't know if, like, that was supposed to just be, like, Oliver showing off his, or not Oliver, but Dodger Dodger showing off his bravado. There, I mean, I like, guess, but I mean, like a scene of him limping after that
1: or something, like, even though he said he was fine. I don't know, something, <laughs> something to make it seem important. But anyway, then we get to uh, this is sort of our big, big uh, showdown um, where we did previously get a scene of Penny finding the ransom note. So that happened. But uh, so now we cut to her with Georgette walking around in uh, on these docks or whatever, uh, trying to find cut to fagin and he's talking like i don't know how why he hasn't found me yet i drew a perfectly good map like that kind of stuff maybe it was smudged here or there so like we can see the the meetup that's about to happen but then fagin sees you know this little girl walking around and it's like well this is a bad neighborhood you know what are you doing over here and she's like i'm sorry i'm just i'm trying to find my cat and you can see the sort of realization on his face it's just like oh in order to get out of this you know i'm going
0: to have to break this little girl's heart and um and she just has her penny penny bank. It's not like she... Piggy bank right. is what I'm trying to say. Piggy bank. Right. She, it's not like she has, like, her parents' fortune to come pay for this cat. Right. And so that's even more, like, you know,
1: tugging on Fagin's heartstrings and all that. And then she, you know, sort of explains, like, I've got this ransom note. Someone, someone stole my cat. I don't know what happened to him. And Fagin's, like, trying to, like, talk his way out of it and um, sort of explain why someone would do this. And, in, you know, this sort of encap- encapsulated this scene. Uh, he says like, oh well, he must have been a a poor desperate man. And then uh, Penny, <laughs> Jenny interrupts and says, it's still wrong. And then he's like, well, shit, yeah, you're right, basically. <laughs> um, so he, uh, you know, he clearly doesn't know what to do. He tries to present the cat, and then he turns around and is like, uh, like chewing on his fingernails, running back and forth. So then he just pretends to have like, I found the cat. Yeah, um, look
0: at this. Here's a cat. How about that? I don't, I don't know cat? if
1: it's the one you're looking for, but. <laughs> But that she doesn't, you know, even if she does suspect something, she doesn't say anything. She's too excited to see her cat back. But then, you know, once this is happening, we see Sykes pull up and immediately grab her and throw her in the car. It's like, why ransom the cat when you can ransom the girl? And, you know, this mm-hmm. is how the the supervillain thinks. Um,
0: and it's also where my notes end, so I assume it ends happily. <laughs> but yeah. there's quite uh, a few scenes left. Nope. Jenny brings piggy bank, Fagin is fucked, feels bad, returns Oliver, Sykes takes girl, leaving Oliver, Fagin and others. Dog fight, rescue attempt.
1: <laughs> well, you're Right, the dogs are trying a rescue Lowest attempt right now. tomato. Right. Um. So, like, all the dogs are working together, even Georgette is helping out. They somehow uh, put on, like, a pizza man disguise to... Uh... Oh, yeah, they go Muppet Man with a pizza box. Yeah, pretty much, which is... <laughs> pretty clever and he's like oh i don't remember ordering a pizza <laughs> like <laughs> obviously something a disney villain would say and then he uh he also pulls out a handgun which i wrote first disney handgun question mark because like i know we've seen like hunting rifles and stuff but like a gun in a disney movie still feels like a big deal and i couldn't think of anything where that happened before uh,
0: captain hook shoots that guy
1: yeah okay that's true like an old-timey pistol right Maybe it's just the modernness of it made it look uh, kind of out of place. Uh, then we get the scene where Tito sings hi-ho because he's like, uh, they ask him to go do something. And he's like, what? No, I'm not going to do that. And then Georgette asks him to do it and says, like, I'll give you a kiss or something. And he's like, oh, right. hi-ho, hi-ho, off to work we go. you know. And then, yeah, it just turns into a big car chase at this time. Like, Fagin loads up the girl and the cat and all the dogs and is taken off. And he's sort of uh, trying to get his way through town and he, dives like turns into the subway uh which made me think of edgar sort of riding his motorcycle down Mm -hmm. into the the metro or whatever but then the car follows him down there and uh you know then they the fight or the chase full on full out spills out onto the uh train tracks and uh it turns into a pretty like exhilarating conclusion you've got like you know electricity and shit shooting off in a car you know you got this dude like throwing his gear shift all the way down and breaking it off and pedal to the metal and you know, all pretty intense. And then the attack dogs are up and they're trying to get to the um, bike that Fagin's speeding away on. And then they're fighting Dodger and all this stuff. And then one of the attack dogs pretty much gets straight up murdered here. Like, gets thrown off the car onto the, you know, electrical tracks. And, like, even there's, like, a dog yelp sound. It's like, oh, God, he's dead. Like, yep, pretty, like, sudden and violent end for a Disney villain. Um, even if it's just a secondary villain, um, but then we go out onto this big bridge, and it's uh, you know, then suddenly the danger shows up because oh god, a train's coming! But then luckily our good guys are able to escape by doing a sick grind on the uh, suspension bridge. They like, I don't know how he ollies a fucking tricycle up there, but he does, and then <laughs> so they escape onto that when the train totally smashes headlong into our villain, and that's our our Disney villain death. Yeah, which I've, I've been thinking about that. And it, it seems like our Disney, uh, Disney villains are dying more, uh, more and more each uh, film as we're going through here, because like he died, uh, Radigan died by falling off a big bin, uh, keep going back, uh, what's his name? The Horned King got sucked into the cauldron, um, uh, but before those, what was before that? Fox and the Hounds, I guess the bear. Now the bear ran away,
0: so, yeah. Um, going forward, though, we're going to see more of them. Ursula dies. Right but uh, previously Gaston who, who, pretty much dies no he totally dies scar surrounded yeah. by the hyenas we assume he dies like. right
1: right but like previously who all had died had been like the wicked queen and snow white because of the lightning strike
2: mm-hmm. cliff
1: fall apart thing hook didn't die lady tremaine didn't die you know these big name is i guess maleficent got stabbed that's a good way to die <laughs> but i think those are like the only two deaths we've seen like Sher khan ran away um mm-hmm so it seems like now it's starting bambi to happen. straight up murdered all those humans that's true yeah no i mean no, that didn't, that's not real the, the the i agreed immediately the forest burned down i suppose some of them could have died <laughs> yeah that should have been bambi the forest too
0: burned down because they were hunting indiscriminately like i know the saying is if it flies it dies or whatever but they were just, <laughs> i think something's alive over there shoot 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 like
1: Bambi 2 Bambi's Revenge should have been exactly. the sequel there but yeah we're but we're doing a Disney film every year it sounds like we're going to be doing a Disney villain death every year too and I wonder if that was like uh just some sort of realization of just like we could go a little darker with these or kids can take it or that kind of stuff I don't
0: know this movie but, was originally going to be darker than it was they were going to open with yeah. a scene of the Dobermans <laughs> killing Oliver's parents right which that would have been very dark um yeah even in an for, opening scene, like I'm even not ready. For Dickens, <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: but we all escaped, everybody's fine, and we're all partying at Ginny's house. Um, and there's more wrestling on the TV. Fagan and Winston are watching it together now. Um, and then we get a phone call, and her parents are like, We're coming home, and then she'll be delighted to hear yes, that. And all it's that, it's the mega happy stuff. ending, pretty much. Except the cat ga- or the dog gang don't like stick around, they're like, We'll see you around, kid. And then they all leave, and Oliver's just living in his new home now. Um, which good for him, I guess, um but you know it didn't end with like uh we're gonna open a we're gonna take all this money and open a shelter for homeless dogs or any of that kind of stuff, like you know, we could have gone way mega happier, but they everyone just kind of goes their separate ways right. at the it's end, of
0: basically the movie. ends the way it would have ended if they didn't kidnap him in the first place when like he went to go live with Jenny, they'd just left him <laughs> pretty there, much, they would have been on their own, he would have yeah. been happy
1: <laughs> they'd have figured out how to kill Sykes and get out of that debt and then uh which, by the way, I hope Sykes doesn't have like any friends, like those people he was talking to on the phone. They might seem like they might come coming. Come maybe, come they're coming. As... <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> maybe they're not
0: Maybe they're not his friends. So maybe they're just employees. Like maybe they'll maybe. just go find someone else to work for. They don't necessarily like him or want to avenge him. It could be, you know.
1: But they someone's got to take things, now. take over the business, right?
0: Sure. Faking probably as a crime lord for the rest, rest of time. A bumbling crime lord. <laughs> Make that movie.
1: Uh, so yeah, so Oliver moves in with Jenny and then Tito decides he no longer likes Georgette because she tried to dress him up in silly clothes. So he just abandons her because that's a good role model. Um, and the homeless gang stays homeless. So that's pretty much how the movie ends. And then we cut to credits and, uh, yay. Oh, we redo, uh, why should I worry again with the whole gang? Yeah. Which didn't really seem necessary, but what else you got really? <laughs> um, and that's pretty much that. And uh, yeah, basically, I, I I didn't like not enjoy this movie. Like it was pretty short, and you know there was enough uh, like serious scenes in there to sort of keep me invested. But you know it was it did lose focus a lot of times. It's not really funny when it you know even when it tries to be, it's sort of hit and miss. Um, uh, and pretty much Dom DeLuise is what kept me invested in it. So,
0: yeah. I mean, I don't know that I hated it, hated it while I was watching it, but then like when I, as we're about to see in a second, when you try to score this movie on our rubric, like... It's difficult,
1: because it doesn't really soar anywhere.
0: Yeah, no, and it it sucks in other places. (laughs) It may not soar, but it does suck. Sure, which we might as well get into that, um... As you know, as long term listeners long time listeners of the show, we go through and rank all of these movies in several different categories and try to discover what is the quintessential Disney film It's a good thing to
1: to bring up on our season three premiere here um
0: uh, just in case there's any new viewers who are like, "I just really like Oliver and Company. I wonder what these two guys think about it.
1: We don't have any viewers, we have listeners, <laughs> oh well, <laughs> and we don't have many of them. <laughs> uh-
0: but what are you talking about?
1: (laughs) Um, but the matters is where we start. The matters is the plot as everyone knows. Um, yeah, I think uh, this is what I was saying about the time constraints. There's, you know, quite a few montages to sort of get us through this. We see him unfocused at times, but the overall story, like, and the characters involved, like I do care about them. I did feel bad for Fagan. I wanted to see him succeed. Dodger really, I could have taken her left. Like he didn't as a gang leader, he didn't really do much. Um, You know, and Oliver kind of just had a shitty life to begin with. So seeing anything improve from that, it's like, okay, good. I feel, you know, good for you, kid. Um, But yeah, we could have focused a lot more on just the gang life or just the, you know, home life or just, you know, what our villain's plan was. If, you know, he's not really that in depth, he just wants money and is a crime boss. So like we probably could have dealt with that relationship more, like especially if we wanted to focus on Fagin more. But we don't really know who we want to focus on, so it's hard to say. But I ended up giving it three and a half just because it kept me entertained the whole time.
0: I gave it two and a half. There are some problems with this movie. You don't necessarily have to know most of the characters' names. Uh, There's very little identifiable about most of them. In some cases, just their ethnicity. In the cases of uh, Cheech and the English dog. Um, right the girl is there's nothing remarkable there. about her yeah right. she doesn't get that many lines the girl dog also not remarkable uh i mean georgette is and and i guess to a lesser extent dodger like are the only ones with any real personalities in this movie so true
1: yeah uh, the bulldog a little bit you know with his like
0: flair for the dramatic i don't yeah. know still so i yeah two and a half for the matters for me Music is obviously
1: very important to Disney, but like it's not really hidden in this movie. Um, We spent
0: a lot of money on the music, though, to bring in these like it's true pop, popular uh, big pop stars. Yeah, Yeah. Barry Manilow, also uh, Barry Man, uh, not Manilow, but Man, uh, who wrote several songs in the '50s and '60s with uh, Carol King before she went out on her own um to write some of these songs we got billy joel we got bet midler like one of the pointer sisters like we're spending money on the on the music in this movie but
1: right probably just as a way to bring people in i assume you know maybe we'll sell some tickets if we pay you know popular people to do this not uh and it must have worked because it was the first cd i owned right <laughs> clearly for some reason <laughs>
0: yeah i don't know but yeah i gave the music a uh where would it go two and a half
1: I think the first CD I owned was the Good Burger soundtrack. So, oh, so you're clearly in a similar actually, the, the quality is of thing And
0: if we, uh, <laughs> I'm a dude, and you're a dude,
1: he's a dude, she's oh, a dude.
0: Shit, you're yeah.
1: not a dude. There is a lot of people on that soundtrack. Uh, it's very 90s, yeah. like uh, less than Jake. I know they have a song. Um, someone covers Roxanne. Um, Coolio's probably on it. But uh yeah, the music, uh, yeah, it's not great. It's very 80s, but not in like the fun 80s way like there's not a lot of like synthesizers and shit like it's the I don't know, it's like the sledgehammer 80s like it's all very <laughs> industrial beats <laughs> and uh yeah, the Huey Lewis song was okay, why should I worry? It was pretty good, but not I mean, if you were making a CD of like the best Disney songs, I don't know that why should why why should I worry would be on there anywhere. so
0: no yeah,
1: I, I gave it two and a half. The other songs did nothing or were like really out of place. Like the big Broadway Bette Midler song like didn't fit the rest of the movie at all and didn't really serve any kind of purpose other than, hey, here's this character that's not that important. So I don't know. But after that, we go to mise en scene, um, which, you know, it's it's definitely just sort of budgetary in places, but I thought it looked pretty good. And uh, like I liked the unique setting of it. You know, we hadn't seen a Disney New York thing before. And, you know, it may not have felt very Disney, but it felt different and, uh, you know, just like something, we're trying something new, you know, like Black Cauldron, we were trying something new and I liked the look of that as well. And the, uh, the use of 3D here and there, I thought worked, you know, even if it did sort of look out of place in in 2019 or just kind of like, why are you doing this? Like it sort of blended pretty well. It reminded me a lot of, um, I watched a lot of Futurama and, uh. They would often have like 3D models of shit interacting with the rest of their, um, you know, animation. And so anytime I see that, that's probably just where I was introduced to that. So that's where I think about it. <laughs> it's just like, oh, you know, I remember, you know, the ship would always be a 3D model and there'd be 2D characters walking around it. Like, that's what I think of when I see that. Um, But yeah, with the a few of the backgrounds being pretty iffy, I knocked it down a few points and gave it a three.
0: Uh, Yeah, I mean, there were things I liked about the look of this movie and things that I did not like. Most of your background stuff I really enjoyed. The characters themselves I don't feel like looked very good and they certainly didn't look very Disney-like. Uh, so, you know, some I liked, some I didn't. So I gave it a 3 out of 5 right in the middle. Mm-hmm.
1: And Armini, um, Mr. Sykes, uh, you know, pretty intimidating guy but not very layered. Like, he's a crime boss that wants money. Like, it's hardly a groundbreaking character in any way. Um, but like, the scenes where he's shaking down Fagin and stuff, you know, he looked pretty scary. Um, always, like, got a like billowing cigar smoke around him which I can't really I mean I guess de Deville had that with her cigarettes but like that's a sort of a unique thing about him I guess um but yeah I gave him a three
0: uh well you liked it more than I did I gave him a <laughs> one and a half okay uh, sure feel like he doesn't get a whole lot of camera time the dogs really I don't yeah, the know the dogs like a f-
1: the dogs didn't need to talk in my opinion <laughs> like they could have just been big barking dogs
0: and like a big scary dog makes more sense as our main villain for this movie rather than yeah. a crime boss to deal right. with a cat like why I feel like he should have much bigger things to deal with than than Fagin like why does Fagan owe him this money right um, if he did it seems like he should have a henchman that could deal with Fagin like, that's he true he could
1: him. send someone to take care of Fagan.
0: like yeah and then you know it all falls apart in the end for him and so like I yeah one and a half not much happening there for me
1: I just thought he was kind of intimidating in his scenes was all.
0: Message is next. Um, I
1: was kind of struggling to look for a message here. Um, I think really the closest we come is to like Fagan dealing with like his conflicting feelings about like, hey, I need to help myself. But I, in order to do that, I got to hurt somebody else. And then I, you know, he, we see his struggle and ultimately deciding to do the right thing but that's also just, like, one scene. And the rest, like, we're, we're so jumping from place to place throughout the rest of this movie that it's hard to figure out, like, what we want our message to be. Like, the yeah. gang thinks the gang should stick together, but, you know, Oliver just met the gang. It isn't, like, a blood brother or anything. He's just like, okay, well, I appreciate you guys, but I found something else, you know? And, like, so we're just kind of meandering. Um, And so I ended up going with a three for message just because the, the Fagan stuff was kind of touching, I thought, but... Not, yeah, the Fagan. not
0: groundbreaking <laughs> fagin is a strong point uh, although probably if you're a fan of the novel is confusing right um, i we have no novel knowledge on this so we can't yeah. compare any of that but uh i mean i guess you got the friends sticking together and relying on each other where like dodger could be out here on his own just getting eaten all these hot dogs for himself or whatever that's but he true yeah with his friends and You know, they're all trying to help out Fagin. We don't exactly know why. The way the
1: dogs care for him, you know,
0: and he cares for them, obviously.
1: So there is, like, a bond that we see, like a familial bond, even though they're not actually family. Yeah. I gave it a two. Mm. And so we come down to magic. Um, Yeah, I... I gave it some points here. And again, it mostly comes down to Dom DeLuise making me care. Um, but I, cause I went into this movie expecting to not care about any of it. Cause I know I'd seen it before and it never stuck with me. I never cared for it as a kid. I've watched it a couple times. Now I think just once as an adult, uh, in 2009 when we watched these and it didn't leave any kind of impression. Um, so yeah, but then I, I went into it with low expectations and actually found myself pretty invested. And in some, you know, some of the Dom DeLuise stuff was pretty touching. Uh, so that was, you know, I ended up giving it some magical points. I gave it uh, three and a half on magic.
0: I I feel like that's generous. I feel like in a Perhaps. couple more movies, you will never remember anything about this one again. Like when it's that time for us to do our next 10 on our, you know, season three finale. Right. Like, did we watch Oliver and Company? Like, did something happen in that movie? I was Dom DeLuise in it? I don't know. So I be, gave but- it
1: a one. Sure. And I'll let you explain that. But let me get the rest of this out first. It's just that I went into it having completely lost all memory of it. But then while I was watching it, I got invested again. So like there's no like long term investment, I guess, after the fact. But it has the ability to be like, oh, right. Okay. I don't remember this movie, but I'm caring about it now. And maybe that runs out when it's over. But then I feel like once I forget about this movie again, I'll watch it again down the
0: line and be like, oh, yeah, this is pretty good, I guess. It just didn't feel Disney to me, and like even if Tom DeLuise is likable, it's like what if we based a whole movie around uh, the rest the oh the fat guy from the Rescuers, like right? Her little assistant guy that bumbles and can't do anything right, like uh, he's more likable than Mr. Snopes, I would say. <laughs> okay, sure, but it's he's not worthy of carrying the whole movie. And it just sort of feels like, what well, we do, uh, why should I worry that quickly? And then there's nothing else magical about this movie. Nothing else right. that feels, that's the only thing that feels remotely Disney-like right. about this movie. So I gave it a one. Fair enough, then.
1: So totaling up mine, it's it's looking like it's
0: going to be a higher score than
1: yours. Uh, it totals up to 18 and a half. Uh, 18 and a half electrified dog carcasses out of 30.
0: Oh, my. Yeah, if you add up mine, it's 12 and a half. Uh, Twelve and a half Dickensian street urchins out of thirty. There you go.
1: So when we go to our rankings, which is in a separate note on my phone, the eighteen and a half total is a. Uh, it's actually in a tie with uh, it's shocking. It's a tie with Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, but obviously Winnie the Pooh beats it out because of the magic score, which is our highest, our most important score. I gave Winnie the Pooh a five magic score, so it's not beating it there. So that puts Oliver and company in ninth place for my rankings out of a total 21. 21. Yeah. Uh,
0: well, that's much higher than it is for me. This is really for our list. For the most part they they line up pretty well as you, if you listen to some of our like best of episodes where we go through our full rankings, but the movies that we disagree on uh, there's Peter Pan where I have it in my top five and Jake has it way down on his list for some disrespectful reason. But uh, it's
1: number seventeen.
0: This movie you had it number nine. Is that what you said? Yes. It is eighteen out of twenty-one for me. So, gotcha. very, very near the bottom. It has twelve and a half points. Uh, the Rescuers has twelve points. So there you go. It's a half <laughs> point better than the Rescuers, and a point, a full point worse than Fox and the Hound, uh, which is in front of it.
1: Some films I have it ranked higher than, I liked it better than Pinocchio, I liked it better than Alice in Wonderland, I liked it better than Robin Hood, I liked it better than Fantasia,
0: Um, you know, and other things of that ilk, so. Yeah, it's ahead of only three movies uh, for me, and those are Rescuers, Dumbo, and Sword in the Stone.
1: For whatever reason, um, it seems like me and you are on opposite sides of this movie and Black Cauldron, which came out around the same time, had about you know, the same level of quality in various parts, but you found Black Cauldron far more watchable, whereas I was a little, uh, you know, hung up on a lot of points, didn't care for certain points, uh, didn't care for a lot of the characters, and it seems like you have the same, you know, the sort of the same response to this movie, Oliver and Company, whereas I enjoyed some of the characters and enjoyed the overall story,
0: and you, you know,
1: it didn't click for you.
0: Well, even as much as I like Black Cauldron, uh, it's only in 15th place. Like, based off this rubric, it doesn't score very well, and I feel like Oliver and Company doesn't either. Now, given the choice, I'd much rather watch Black Cauldron than Oliver. Sure. But Winnie the Pooh doesn't score that highly either, and and I would, you know, I love Winnie, or at least the first episode of that (laughs) movie. Right um and fantasia is above it and i would i don't really ever want to watch fantasia again (laughs) in my life but
1: right so basically where we're ranking things based on disney is not necessarily where we're ranking things in terms of watchability or overall enjoyment but that's the film it's here and there it's not you know groundbreaking or anything but you know next up on the list is fucking little mermaid so it's about to break through uh
0: not fucking the little mermaid (laughs) Uh, that might be uh, uh, <laughs> some sort list. of parody film. <laughs> yeah,
1: I might have downloaded the wrong torrent again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> to me, this movie is just in the way before you get to the good ones. Like
1: perhaps, and maybe they had to do something like this before they could. Hey, this is like the B team was put on this while the A team was working on Little Mermaid, which would maybe. take longer. They put more effort into, um, you know, writing the songs for it and all that. Whereas the B team was like, well, we'll get this out pretty quick. You know, something
0: like but that. But if you've been Waiting for us to cover some Disney heavy hitters. They're coming now. Like it's true. We've got Little Mermaid, then you know, a Rescuer sequel. But then after that, you've got uh, you've got Lion King, you've got uh, Aladdin, you've got all those Beauty and the Beast, Beauty and the Beast, all those uh, '90s Disney classics. Right um, now, sometimes the episodes that where we like them, not always the. Uh, we get to talk more about our memories of the movies from watching them when they're little, but, like, part of the fun, or at least what I hope is the fun uh, for the audience of our podcast, is listening to us tear apart some of the ones that we don't like. Where we're, What are we going to say bad about Little Mermaid? Like, I mean, I got some stuff, so... <laughs> oh, well, okay. Okay. Sure, like... He loves her, even though she can't even talk to him. Yeah. Fine. She
1: trades her whole life for a pair of legs that she could spread for this person she's never met.
0: Fine, fine. (laughs) If you want to take the, you know. There's a harsh route to go down. (laughs) Fine. So we'll have some discussion, it sounds like, with Little Mermaid. I can't imagine what he's going to say bad about Beauty and the Beast Stockholm Syndrome. but uh... (laughs) Beauty and the Beast is
1: amazing. I really don't have anything bad to say. (laughs) Fine. Good. (laughs) It's probably, you know, bullet train towards the top of this list. But um, yeah, just so the Disney release schedule... The, just, just the main heavy hitters here of, of the Renaissance. You got Little Mermaid, is Down Under is a little bit lower, but it is a quality film. Um, Beauty and the Beast.
0: Yeah, you should go through and tell them the 10 movies we'll be talking about yeah. in, in season three here. Okay, well, number so one. This is
1: episode one. Episode one was Oliver and Company. Next, Little Mermaid, then is Down Under, then Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Lion King. That is a knockout trifecta right there that made them more money than anything else ever, and probably they're all making more money again because we're just making all these movies a second time. Um. Then you got, uh, it, it starts to t- downturn again, but I'm sure a lot of these were all VHSs that people owned and watched the shit out of if, you know, we're going based on whatever our audience here is. But Pocahontas, Hunchback of Notre Dame, Hercules, Mulan, and then I think Tarzan as well? Is that more than 10? I feel like you've gone on 10, a two, while. 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, and Mulan is the 10th one, so. Okay. And then the following season will kick off with Tarzan and the end of success <laughs> for a little while. <laughs> But, uh, yeah. And then in addition to that, we do still have some uh, bonus episodes planned here and there. If you have any bonus episodes that you'd like to suggest to us, we're always, we're all ears. We only get emails from stupid, unimportant things. So please send us your own
0: opinion. Uh, send to our email, <laughs> at gmail.com. We will absolutely yeah, read love, it. We'd love some feedback, even if it's just like, God, you guys are annoying. Please stop. <laughs> some sort of feedback yeah. uh, would be lovely. They made a third season of that. <laughs> you guys have stuff to do surprisingly not well you want to tell us some other like 80s movies that uh, we might be thinking about doing as bonus episodes well I kind of thought we might just have them be a surprise be a surprise
1: it. never mind because <laughs> otherwise I might just mention something and then go eh, are we really gonna do that <laughs> so
0: we're just doing totally unrelated movies <laughs>
1: like, I, I did see a trailer for Descendants 3 the other day so oh, man. mark your calendar. I don't know what date it comes out, but you
0: got so many ways to be W I C K E D.
1: Uh, you'll have to give me a rundown on two again at some point since I never watched that one. Uh, but... they, check in I think
0: Just checking our archives. I explained it to you <laughs> perfectly at the end sure. of our descendants episode.
1: Well, I don't have anything to say after well, so <laughs> <laughs> we'll just wrap this up here then. And uh, thanks again for listening, everybody. I'm Jake. I'm Dustin, and this was dudes watch Disney, uh, dudes watch Disney is what I said. This was dudes watch Disney. Thanks again for listening. I'm pretty sure I already said that. I should probably stop talking now. So goodbye. Dude. that was unpleasant.
0: <laughs> talking snack, yeah, yeah. Talking snack, yum, yum. Talking snack, uh huh. Let's talk about some snacks. Hey,
1: now did, didn't you have some sort of talking snack theory? Oh,
0: I did oh man okay. oh man okay and i'm hitting you with this strong regional chain uh, talking snack uh-huh. for our international audience awesome um so
1: i'm sure what's his name in australia will be way into this one
0: please don't disrespect matthew that way what's his name we ought to contact him before we do disney uh we, before we do rescuers down under <laughs> sure like hey man i don't know if you're still listening <laughs> but we finally made it Tell us Australia. everything you know about Australia. I'm
1: sure that won't be offensive.
0: <laughs> One of the most popular uh restaurant or fast food chains where we live is a place called Sonic, and Sonic <laughs> is not all over the U.S. Although it is spreading, it's, but it is it's
1: not. pretty widespread at this point. But yeah, yeah, um, it's um, it's not nationwide or anything.
0: If there's not a Sonic where you live, I guess the n- most equivalent thing would be like a. Dairy Queen, I guess. Maybe. Like it's you've a drive in. You have got ice cream and you've got lots of like snacky things and then you know. Fried anything you want. And, you know.
1: <laughs> it's honestly food wise, it's eh. Sonic's not usually my go to place, but the ice cream and the desserts and the drinks is what everybody goes to. And the drinks, store.
0: they have, you know, slushes and and uh, they have all the different flavors you can add to the Syrups soft you can mix into and, you know. whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and so then they, you park your car at a stall and they bring it out to you at the very old school ones. You might see someone, uh, roller skated out to you like they would have back in the day, but that's pretty rare. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen that, but okay. Anyway, they, uh, well, before we, we'll pause all that. You can think about how great Sonic is. Uh, <laughs> and I want to ask you a question about milkshakes mm-hmm. and the way that they bring all the boys. I'm to for them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You're not a ginnum? no I'm for them. Okay. all right good well if you're for them how do you do you want your milkshake to be really really thick or do you want I, it to be kind of runny and easy to
1: suck through the straw I do not, and I believe we brought this up on at least one of these fucking talking snacks at some point. I enjoy a runny milkshake. I prefer it to be more milk than shake because I, the point of a milkshake to me is the hands-free, you know, drinking right. <laughs> that you can just suck it on up and you don't have to, That you know, you get an ice cream treat that requires both hands. You can't really drive and enjoy it, you know, but a milkshake, you just... And you swallow and it's great. And my, but if it's a thick milkshake, <laughs> it's too much effort. <laughs> you
0: do that. You and you swallow and it's great, huh?
1: I believe I was very clear. Okay,
0: good. Uh, no, I I think that I mostly agree with that, and my wife definitely super agrees with that. And uh, it's frustrating for her when you go and get a milkshake and it's very difficult to drink through your straw. Now I believe that the. Fast food places do this so that you feel like you're not getting cheated, that you're getting mostly ice cream and not so much on the milk because the ice cream is, you Perhaps. know, what people come for. what? Well, people, uh, <laughs> why people get milkshakes anyway. Yeah,
1: and to Sonic's credit, they do market that they have you know the real ice cream milkshakes as in it's, it's you know sort of you buy serve. it in a gallon yeah. you scoop it out as opposed to like a soft serve machine which i don't really know the difference so whatever <laughs>
0: but anyway you know so the sort of life hack that i have uh, wondered about is you know they do the half price shakes after eight every night another nice thing the sonics people are doing if you're awake that late which you know since uh becoming a father i often am not but anyway sure um uh, since they do those, are you kind of a fool for getting a blast? Now, blast is when they just take the ice cream and put candy bits in. Uh, instead of getting the shake that you're going to have to eat with a spoon anyway, you can get, it for half the price, <laughs> still get your Oreos or a Reese's Cup or whatever you want in there. I see what yeah. you're saying. For even so cheaper. the the
1: blasts, the blasts, the equivalent of like a blizzard at Dairy Queen. Concrete, uh, those are not ha- familiar
0: with those terms.
1: <laughs> the- Those are not half price? Those are not half half price. price. No, only the milkshakes are. But the milkshakes
0: often come with mix-ins. Right, and you you can't drink the milkshakes anyway, so why? It's true. They don't have whipped cream on them? They do have whipped cream. No, the milkshakes have whipped cream. The blasts don't anymore. They don't have whipped cream on the blasts anymore. And the milkshakes come with cherry. No, you haven't gotten a blast recently? I haven't had whipped cream on a blast. I I, I haven't. We have a Dairy Queen in this town. I don't don't go to Sonic for any of this (laughs) shit. Well, they don't put whipped cream on the blast anymore. And with the milk, Nothing is
1: ever half price at Dairy Queen.
0: It's all fucking expensive. That is accurate. But uh, with the shake, you get the whipped cream, you get the cherry on top. Uh, I don't eat cherries, but that's exciting for some people.
1: Yeah, I could do without both those things, but whatever. But if
0: you try to drink it through the straw, you can't get it all the way out. You can get it about halfway up the straw. Then what you gotta do is take the straw out, then suck from the bottom <laughs> of the straw and suck it back through. And that's, suck as far as it'll go, pull it out, suck the other end, suck it on out. <laughs> that's the only way to drink it unless you want to get a, you know, a spoon and just give up.
1: Yep. Yep. <laughs> I don't know what to add to that, other than I prefer Dairy Queen milkshakes because they are runny and you don't have to do any of that shit.
0: Fair enough, but half price at the Sonics, and there's, sure in the south at least, perhaps not wherever you live, audience. There are a lot of Sonics. Yes, uh, in a neighboring town to us, a town of about 50,000 people, there are five Sonics. Like uh, mm-hmm. It's crazy. They're everywhere. Yeah.
1: There used to be a Sonic on my way home from work, and now there's not, and I don't like that, so... Also, I'd like to talk about McDonald's for a second if we're done with Sonic. Um, uh, yeah, I guess so. So all the McDonald's is uh, in my town, or most of them at this point, they're getting uh, upgraded, a lot of renovations, and then they're sort of changing how they're doing things in the store. They've installed these uh, touchscreen orders. You can you know, just walk in and punch in your order and all that. I have a few qualms about this. Um, when they first came in, uh, it was a great system because they would have – the touchscreens, and then they would just have the cups sitting out for anyone to grab. And it's like, okay, my thought process then was just like, all right, McDonald's is just taking the L on this one. They're like, they realize people are gonna come in and just grab a cup and not pay for anything, and then they've just accepted that because the convenience for the people that want it is more important than the people, the money they might lose from people just stealing. And also, they cost, like, fucking nothing on drinks anyway. Like, drinks are one of the most profitable things for any uh, fast food restaurant anyway, so they probably don't give a shit. So that's how it started out. And then I came back in, like, a month later, and the cups were gone. And I've been in a few times. Since then, the cups are all, they're back behind the, uh, you know, fucking counter. And it's like, all right, so what the fuck happened here? Like, did you guys just pussy out of this decision of just like you can do your own thing it's like actually no come talk to us we'll give you a cup like why would i bother to use the touch screen if they were gonna have to go through this shit anyway and i still have to walk through a line probably to get to someone and say hey give me a cup i need to fill my large drink while i'm standing here you know
0: so uh as an awkward person and this is going to be related to uh where you're going (laughs) Uh to this uh, I enjoy the touchscreen order ordering system. I've I haven't used it at, at McDonald's, but I've used it at Taco Bell, um, mm-hmm. in two different uh, towns.
1: I, I haven't been to a Taco Bell that has that oh, yet. That's wow. fun.
0: Anyway, so I, the other day had to go to a work training where I was around people that I don't actually know. They weren't my like normal work friends, and they so- didn't
1: know how to do fucking anything.
0: Wait for the awkwardness. <laughs> So anyway, it got to be lunchtime, and not only did I not talk to anyone to say, hey, where are you guys going to go for lunch, I didn't want to go somewhere and then see people there (laughs) and then feel like we should sit (laughs) together or whatever. So what I did is I got in my car and drove the extra 10 minutes to go to a different town (laughs) to go eat. So I'm in uh, working. How long was your lunch? It was a little over an hour. Which for teachers who are normally used to having like 25 minutes was like, what the hell am I yeah, going to do Yeah, that's a for ton of time? time. Yeah, so <laughs> right. I drove from, uh, well, this part could be cut out, but I drove from, to and decided to eat at the uh-huh. Taco Bell, and then drive Did back. you see
1: other people that did the same while <laughs> no. you were there? Why would anyone else go oh, that? that far? Like, that would be the ultimate awkwardness, oh, to <laughs> find would. some sure. other weirdo like so you. <laughs> anyway, I have
0: used two places with the touchscreen, uh, two Taco Bells with touchscreens, and the first one I went to... Uh, there was no one behind the counter at all, and so it was like, "Yeah, come in, use the damn touchscreen, don't bother us," which is basically right. what I wanted, anyways. So it was great.
1: Exactly, I don't want to
0: bother you. <laughs> at the other one, they there was this old lady behind the counter, and like there was another customer in, so she was working with that customer, not paying attention to me. I've already punched in all my stuff on the touch screen anyway and i'm done and then so i'm just kind of standing there because you have to like you were saying talk to the people behind the counter to tell me you want to drink and she's like can i take your order and i was like i i used the touch screen she was like you did like it's surprised <laughs> that anyone would do this uh, and
1: <laughs> i thought that was just decoration I am,
0: like <laughs> No, I did, and, she, and then she looked up at her screen for a while and was like, oh, okay, well, here's your drink, because uh, that's how they know if you get a drink is by looking at the screen. Um, I guess they probably ask mm-hmm. your name to verify, because you punch in a name at the end of the touchscreen experience. No, you don't do that at McDonald's. Uh, well, but... you do at the Taco Bell, so you, uh, and you get to, like, customize each thing that you, uh, like, say you right. want a quesadilla, and it's like, do you want to put on jalapenos? And like, well, yeah, kind of, never thought about it before. Sure. Why the <laughs> hell not? Like...
1: Well, this is going into the the other issue I was going to talk about, but you can finish your story first.
0: Anyway, and so she hands me my drink and then just continues to, like, look sad at me, like, why didn't you want to talk to me? Like, <laughs> this is my job. Like, I, I'm an old lady. I do this job to talk to people, and, like, you decide to use sure. the touch screen. But I have complicated orders sometimes at the Taco Bell where, like, I'm not saying – if I'm saying number four or whatever, then, like, right. that's fine for me to interact with a person. But if, like, if I have specific things that I want – I want to be able to just do, 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 punch them on that screen and do that because I feel like there's fewer ways it can go wrong if it goes See, that's directly where we, on their screen that way.
1: That's where we differ here because the problem I have with these touchscreens is they take... Too fucking long like it's a touch screen we have iPhones they do everything that you want immediately why are we skimping out on the technology on these touch screens you push a button and then you wait like 5 seconds for the next screen to load and huh. then it's like do you want everything on that and it's like yes i just want the standard thing stop asking me these extra questions i've already you know pushed the button go maybe it's just a mcdonald's problem Possibly. but i feel like i see that with a lot of touch screens think- the soda machines that have the touch screen take forever. Yeah. Like, the, you push a button, wait, 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 okay, here's all your Coke options. Like, So I get frustrated with that because if I walked up to a person and said, yeah, I want two cheeseburgers and a large fry and a drink or something, they'd be like, boop, 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 okay, 416 or whatever the fuck,
0: you know. I think depending and, on who the, you know, fast food employee it's is. It's true. But yes.
1: Sure. Elderly lady might not be that quick about it.
0: I would no, please. I'd much rather have the elderly lady behind the counter than the teenager. Like elderly lady is going to so? care whether or not she did a good job, even if it takes her and she has uh, longer and she has to say, "Now what was that again, dear?" She's going to get it right, whereas the teenager is going to be like, "Yeah, whatever. You're getting this. Don't bother me."
1: The teenagers know how to turn people around quickly, though, because they don't want to talk either. Well, <laughs> so I feel like I am true. more into the teenagers. Let me rephrase that. <laughs> I am, would rather have the teenagers
0: take my order. <laughs> Can you explain how you, and then it's great again, or? <laughs> I'm not allowed to explain that to teenagers. <laughs> not in the state. We're an abstinence-only education state, actually, so you um, really can't explain that to teenagers. Anymore. But anyway, mm. uh, no, I forgot what I was going to say, because I got distracted. You brought her- real life her- into it. <laughs> uh... <laughs> No, the, the, the Taco Bell touchscreen I assume, works like the Taco Bell app, which I have not used. But, like, it has, like, combos and it has across the top, like, burritos, specialty items. You touch, you know, whatever you want. Right. And then, uh, now it does, once you're done, be like, hey, since you wanted those things, do you also want these things? Like, in case, like, this <laughs> well, is how yes, they I do. Check for fat ass. <laughs> like, clearly, I've already gotten, like, an armful of Taco Bell. I don't need you to right. suggestive sell me I'm anything else.
1: Sure, there's like psychological studies on that of like if you have to say eight things to a person you won't do it but if you're just clicking things you totally will and you'll spend more money like i bet that's and i'm sure it works but
0: like if you had just bought one thing and they went do you want this to go with it yeah kind of but like once i've already clicked through several things i feel like you can be like all right that's enough sir like i don't have to (laughs) you've bought enough from us
1: I had Taco Bell last night and, like, going through the drive-through, I was like, I was going to, like, piecemeal my way through of just, like, okay, I want this and this, and I probably need a third thing, hashtag three things from Taco Bell, but then uh, looking through, I was just like, oh, wait, I could just get this meal. And also this other thing to go with it. It's <laughs> yeah. just like I'm eating a
0: I'm eating a meal and a chicken or and a nacho fries on top of that. The only you know? downside to the touchscreen compared to ordering from a person. The only downside, by the way, is that it will also list the calories of each thing you're getting too. so you have to think that about doesn't it. bother me. Well, Sure, but it does, like, make you go, hmm, all right, that's 5,000. That seems significant. <laughs> like, I'm going to eat again later today. Like, <laughs> that is a big number. <laughs> it's never been 5,000, but it has been a lot. I
1: go to the touchscreen to do things faster than having to wait in line, you know. But when I get in that line, I go, click. Click. No. <laughs> Not interested. Click. I still want three other things. Get back to the main screen. Like, it's just. I feel like the Taco, a, one, Taco
0: Bell one is very efficient.
1: Maybe I'm just now coming we haven't around gotten...
0: to using apps to order things. Um, <laughs> sure. Ahead of time, it's really nice. I should have been doing this all along
1: our taco bell hasn't upgraded yet i assume that's because somebody drove through the wall of it like a year ago and that's where their budget
0: went so maybe so
1: oh that's been talking snack everybody uh snack snack whack <laughs> suck it up and lick it down i don't know <laughs> snacks <laughs> remember when mom said tally whack <laughs> thanks again for listening to another episode of the dudes watch disney podcast we made it through 21 of these things now it's that's really cool we've been doing this for like three years now and that's it's kind of become something we're really proud of we obviously want to grow our audience as much as we can so if you have any friends or family you think might be interested please tell a friend share on social media um anything you can do to help get the word out for us would be a big help and of course you can always send us your thoughts on these movies uh coming up next we got little mermaid and the rescuers down under obviously two big very popular movies uh if you've got childhood thoughts or memories or opinions or anything you want to share on it just let us know send us an email at dudeswatchdisney at gmail.com and of course you can follow us on twitter at disney Dudes pc the pc stands for podcast and that's really all I got here, so I'm gonna uh, wrap this up. See y'all next time.
0: Pew pew.